Acts chapter 3. Let's look at this tonight. I want to share something. I want uh, to talk about an attitude we can have going into the rally. Acts chapter 3, verse 1. You there? Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. Now, another word for alms is stuff, food, clothes, whatever they would give. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said this, look at us. So he gave them his attention. And watch this, expecting to receive something from them. I want you to underline that or mark that in your Bible tonight, expecting to receive something from them from them i want to talk tonight about the spirit of expectation amen the spirit of expectation i'm going to continue this story in a second but i want you to understand what i want to talk to talk about tonight so peter said silver and gold i do not have but what i do have i give you in the name of jesus christ of nazareth rise up and walk he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankles and bones received strength so he leaping up stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. What a miracle. And all the people who saw him walking and praising God, then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms of the, at the gate beautiful of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Amen. Father, for the next few minutes, just speak to our hearts on this Wednesday night, God. Give us an understanding of your word and let this be a, a, a help tonight of how we can come to church with the spirit of expectancy. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. How many know when you are expecting something, you have hopes and you have a, a thought process already about something, amen? Many of us do things all the time expecting something. You, you don't really realize it, but you do. When you, obviously, when you go to work, you are expecting to be paid. Amen? When you go to put gas in your car, you are expecting gas to come out of the pump. When you are going to order something at a restaurant or, or a store or whatever, or buying something, you are expecting to what? Be charged. So we do, we do expecting a lot. And a, but a lot of times, if you've ever gone and seen a movie, for example, you, you hear about a movie you like. Maybe it's a series of movies. How many know that usually it's tough for the second, third, fourth, or fifth movie to be as good as the first one, right? So you've gone to one and you liked it, and uh, something comes out as a second or third movie, and when that movie comes out, you've got a spirit of expectancy, and you're going in there, and you're going, man, I can't wait to see this movie, and how many know many times... You've gone in and you haven't hasn't been quite as good as you thought it was going to be. Sometimes it is, but we we do that a lot. We more than we realize. We we expect things. Babies when they're people when women are expecting they're expecting that baby to be born. We can have a spirit of expectancy when we come to church, and and and, and there's something supernatural that connects with God 
when we come in with an attitude of God, I'm not just here to say I went to church. I'm not just here at a rally next week to say, man, we went to the rally because everybody else is going. We can actually come to church and say, Lord, I'm not here just to be here, but I am expecting to meet you here, amen, at the service. I'm expecting to feel your presence. I'm expecting to change. I'm expecting something to happen from you. And we see that in this story where this man, he was he was just expecting food. He was just expecting some clothes. He was just expecting someone to drop some change in his hand. But he actually was expecting, and that was what was important. But Peter said some key words there. He said, look at us. And I believe that when we come to church, Jesus is shouting out, look at me. Look at me. Amen. We can get so busy sometimes coming to church, coming from work, running, doing things. We can get so busy that we come into church and we might... We go through the motions and, and we might get home. We might thought, man, I don't, I don't even know if I thought about the Lord. And we were at church, right? Because we can be so busy. But it's a mentality that says, if I'm going to get dressed and I'm going to go to church and I'm going to be in the house, I'm going to expect God to do something. I'm going to expect God to move. Amen? So we know that when, for example, when the people went in on the day of Pentecost. I remember that awesome story. Jesus said, I want you to go, and I want you to wait for the promise. And so they had to go, and they had to wait. And they were expecting something to happen from the very first moment that they got to the house that they were praying at. And the Bible tells us, and t t culture tells us, and history tells us that they prayed for 10 days. How many know that after the second or third or fourth day, that spirit of expectation might have began to drop a little bit, amen? They might have been to get a little tired. They might have been get, began to think, man, is, is God going to move? But when you have, how many know that the reason he moved was there were some people in that place that said, I'm not leaving this upper room until the promise comes because God promised that the promise was going to come. How many know we need to have an attitude when we come to church? I'm not leaving until I get what God has for me tonight. Look at us, he says, and they, he gave his, his attention to them. Here's the definition. Many know this of expectation. It's a strong belief that something will happen in that moment or in the what? Near future. When you're expecting something, it's not like you're expecting it 10 years down the road. You don't say I'm expecting something that you're expecting way down the road. Expectancy is tied with soon, near, around the corner. But let me give you something to be excited about tonight. When you are serving God, whether you're young in the Lord or you've been saved for a long time, here's the attitude you need to understand. This will, this will really lift you up and excite you. When you are serving God, there is literally a miracle ready to happen at any moment. At any moment, you are connected with a supernatural God who wants to bless you and he wants to pour his favor out on you. He wants to pour his power out on you. He wants to pour his love out on you. He wants to pour his anointing out on you. And so at any moment, you might think, man, I haven't seen God do it yet. But at any moment, that miracle can happen. And that's the cool thing about serving God is there's always the possibility of a miracle just around the corner. Amen? Just around the corner. So it's a strong belief that something will happen 
or in, the, in, the, in that moment or in the near future. I mean, know people live each day, kind of sometimes we wake up and go, well, I don't really know what to expect today. People that wake up in the morning and say, this is going to be a good day, have a good day. Amen. That's power of the mind to say, I'm going to have a good day, even if it's raining outside. Amen. The Bible says again, he gave them his attention. How many know God needs our attention? How many would be honest and say sometimes we don't give him the attention he deserves? Right? There's a lot of stuff pulling on us. There's a lot of stuff that is asking for our attention. And God says, hey, stop for a moment and give me your attention. Amen? Our attention span is very, very low today because we're so busy doing other things. And we don't focus. We don't stop even sometimes in a church service for a few minutes to say, God, I'm here for you. I'm here to, to spend some time with you. And you know what? That, that, that kind of transfers over sometimes to our family life and to our personal life and to our interaction with each other. Sometimes we can't get each other to look each other in the eyes and talk because we're so used to talking to a computer or to a phone. Amen? And we need to, we need to be able to say, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shut down everything in my mind and I'm going to give you this time and I'm going to give you my attention. And when the service starts and the music begins to play, I'm not going to think about what I got to do later. Or I'm, I'm not going to think about tomorrow. I'm just going to close my eyes and I'm just going to worship you. I'm going to clap my hands. I'm going to sing because I've come expecting you to do something in my life. How many are following me tonight? Well, you will get out of a service what you put into the service. You will get out of a service what you expect. Now, how many know there's some negative expectations sometimes too? You could have somebody who could, who could walk in and sit down face to face with Jesus. And they went in with the wrong expectation and leave disappointed. Not because Jesus isn't Jesus, but because their, their expectations are negative. They're, 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 they're not going to like that movie no matter how good it is. They went in there with their mind made up. I'm not going to like this movie. It's going to be boring. It's not going to be good. And it could have been the most amazing movie ever. And they're going to walk out and say, it was all right. It was okay. Right? Because they already expected it to be bad. Sometimes we might come to church and we say, man, it's just any old Wednesday night. It's just, you know, it's not like anything that important. But how many know any service could be a service that could change and transform your life? Amen. Any service could be the service that can change and transform your life. So too many times we're thinking about everything else but God and not giving him the attention. So here's a, here's a point on that. In this story, he sees Peter and John and Peter says, hey, look at me. And so he gave him his attention and he looked. He stopped what he was doing. Who knows how many people were around? Who knows if somebody was behind Peter and James with some food? Who knows what was going on? We don't know the narrative of everything that was going on. But if it was at a gate or an entrance to the city, there was probably a lot of people. And so something caused this man to, to, to look at him when he said, look at me. Look at us. And he did. Now watch this. If he wouldn't have been paying attention and he wouldn't have been expecting something from Peter and John, he might have missed the words, rise up and walk. But he heard. 
He heard the words, rise up and walk. Can you imagine if that was the day that he was supposed to be healed, but he was so busy looking at the food behind Peter and James that would have fed him that day only? That would have filled his stomach one more time and he would have missed out on his miracle because he would have been looking at something else or thinking about something else when Peter said, rise up and walk. And he heard those words and because he heard those words, because he was expecting something, because he was looking on those men, he, he rose up and was healed from something that he had had his entire life. Amen, his entire life. I'm not talking about a headache. I'm not talking about a pain in the hip or a pain in the stomach. I'm talking about since birth. That man had been carried everywhere. And listen, I really believe this. Sometimes we don't understand. There are things that are out of our control. There are things where we have to be at a place because of work or sometimes we're sick or whatever and we miss. But we've got to have the attitude. Listen, I'm, I have to have the attitude, not only in the rally, but at any service. I've got to be in the house of God because I might hear the word that will save my life, that will save my marriage that will save my children that will put me in the destiny that I'm supposed to be on and if I miss it for some other reason I won't hear those words rise up and walk rise up and walk amen you, you got to be paying attention sometimes we can get you know bored sometimes we can begin to wander we have sometimes we have ADD or whatever letters you want to put on it. You might be looking up here, and I think you're listening intently, and you're staring at the light behind me, or watching the fan move, or you just lose your attention. And at that moment, you might miss a phrase or a word from God that might have changed something. And that's why sometimes people can walk out, and God had something powerful for them, and they say, I didn't really get anything out of it. If you go in and look at their mind, they didn't pay attention. They, they were listening to something else or their mind was somewhere else. How many understand that every word, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So every single word that we read is life. I was, I was watching, you know, like when we come into uh, to praise and worship and we sing and we worship and everything, it's got to be a mentality that I am, I am going to do my part to make this awesome. Maybe, maybe it's a Wednesday night and we start clapping and everybody everybody's just, they're not really clapping very much and they're just kind of doing it because, but you say, I'm going to clap. I'm going to clap good. I'm going to clap happy. I'm going to clap excited. I'm going to clap expecting something because I'm going to do my part. I'm going to get something out of this service. Amen. I'm going to get something. That's the attitude you can have. I was watching this crazy football clip. Let me see a hand. If you've ever, I'm not even going to ask you about football here in America. That's pretty crazy. But if you've ever been to a soccer game, let me see your hand. I'm, ta I'm not talking about like a little kid's playing. I'm talking a soccer game. Okay? Have, now, I'm going to go one step further. Have you ever been, I know this will narrow it down, to a soccer game outside of this country? Okay, we got a few. Crazy crazy when I went one time when I got to Costa Rica I adopted a team and I got invited to go I had no idea where I was going and no idea what was going to happen and somehow I'd never do it again I got stuck in the crazy club you know where all the crazy people are like they're pretty crazy in football in general soccer but I got stuck in the the fans place and I mean they the entire game for 90 minutes. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to step on toes tonight. I just want to kind of prick you a little bit, okay? For 90 minutes, sometimes we're like, oh, man, I got to shift feet here while I'm clapping. 
You know, let me let me go back this way. You know, I'm not I'm not picking on anybody. I promise. I'm just saying. I just happened to see this video, so it just happened to fall in fall in place. These guys for and girls for 90 minutes do not stop jumping and doing this. I can't. I'm hurting right there. Just three times I did it, jumping like this and waving their arms like this for 90 minutes non-stop and add to that doing some kind of they'll do a song you know the, 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 the chant they got all kinds of chants they pulled the flag i thought i was gonna die man they pulled the flag over an entire crowd man i'm underneath this thing and all these crazy people around me i didn't know how long that flag was gonna stay but i wasn't too happy and i thought the i thought the stands were gonna fall they were shaking so much i thought the stands were gonna fall down so craziness right so i saw a video this week just a quick little clip uh, of somebody at a game and man the crowd was nuts they were jumping up and down and waving their arms like this the entire game y'all know where i'm going right okay and yet sometimes we just come in and we we can't even clap right it's just the it's just the attitude it's just the spirit of doing the right thing and having the right attitude and a spirit of expectancy that God is going to do something. They're expecting their team to score a goal. You talk about stupid, they don't score goals in soccer. It's usually 0-0. Zero, zero. They sit there for 90 minutes. I, I, I used to play soccer, so I, I understand playing it. But man, I don't understand how you can get excited about 90 minutes of soccer that ends in a tie of 0-0. Zero, zero. Y'all with me? What is exciting about that? No one scored. They were like, oh, man, this dude did this move, and he, and he, and he should have seen the pass. And I'm, yeah, but nobody scored. The ball did not go in the net. And they were like, oh, yeah, but did you see the defense? And, man, they, they had the, no, dude, stop. There's no score. It's 0-0. Zero, zero. Maybe that's why I like basketball so much. Every 10 seconds, there's a ball going in the net. It's quite a contrast, right? But how many know that that's sometimes the expectancy we have? Look, at they're at a soccer game expecting to see a goal to act crazier and they're not even going to see a goal. How much more should we come to God's house, God's house, and expect him to do something? Amen? Sometimes we ask ourselves, why am I here? Why am I at church? I can't answer that for you. Why am I here? Why am I here? Why, why did I come tonight? Why did I come to church? But I see in the Bible that everybody who ever gets a touch from God was expecting something. They were expecting something to happen. For time, I'm not going to go to this, but if, you'll take, if you're taking notes, you can write it down. The story in Genesis 32, in verse 22, and you know the story when, Abe, when uh, Jacob wrestled with God. Amen? How many know the story? For time, I'm not going to go there. But the Bible says that he wrestled with God until the break of day. So that was an all-night thing. And the Bible says that when the angel of the Lord saw that he could not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. And here's the key word that Jacob says. Here's the attitude we need to have when we come to church. He says, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. 
Amen. How many know that if we would come with the attitude, I'm not leaving the service until I get what you have for me, then we'd have a different service every time. We'd have something, something would happen every single service. Amen. I can come with the attitude that no matter what the songs are, no matter who's preaching, no matter what happens, I am going to get something out of this service. Amen. I'm going to give something in this service. I'm going to worship the Lord. I'm going to praise him. I'm going to give him glory. And that's the attitude Jacob said. He said, you know what? We can wrestle all night. I'm not quitting. I'm not stopping until you give me my blessing. Amen. And we need to be tenacious like that with the Lord. He said, I won't let you go. How many of us have an opportunity sometimes to be in the presence of God and we walk away? We miss it. We miss it. We've got something else to do. And again, this is not touching on things that are out of our control. This is just touching on not waiting. How many, this is a question you don't have to answer. How many of us tonight are willing to wait for the blessings of God? Wait for the blessings of God. Wait on the, and, 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 and we have the attitude, I'm not quitting God. I'm not going to give up. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this. And the one thing you got to understand, church, is that revival is personal. Okay, when a revival happens in a service, when an outpouring of God happens, when people get saved, when lives are changed, it starts with one person who says, I am not leaving this service until God touches my life. I'm going to have a, a move of God in my life. Jacob had a revival that day. He had a personal revival. Nobody else was around but him. And he got a blessing from God. How many of you have a a revival with yourself in your car when you're driving or at your house and you you just you know the other night I was just listening to some worship and worship and I just started crying right there all by myself nobody was around and I just said God I love you so much you can have a revival all by yourself you don't have to be with other people you don't have to be in church you can have revival by yourself amen and then you bring that personal revival into a service on a Wednesday night like this, or it grows when people are coming from driving hundreds of miles to come in, and we all come in with a, listen, listen carefully. I'm trying to tell you that I really believe, and I'll just say, it, oh, it's just another rally. I never think it's just another rally. I never think it's just another conference. I'm always believing that every, you know what? And most of the time, I walk out of a conference or a rally and say that was the best. You know why we say that was the best conference we've ever had? Because it was. Because we're not going backwards, we're going forwards. We're not expecting less, we're expecting more. I'm believing that God is going to move in this rally. And can you imagine what's going to happen if all of us come expecting something to happen and all of them that are coming from New Mexico and Arizona and Colorado and south of here and different places come in. If we all come in expecting, can you imagine what's going to happen in this building in the next week, amen, when we come in with a spirit of expectancy? You know what happened is I closed. Jacob was willing to let everything go. He said, I don't care if you knock my hip out of place. I don't care what you got to take from me. You know what you got to do? You got to get to the attitude. You say, God, I don't care what happens. I just want you. Take what you want. Have what you want. Do what you want. I just want you. I just want you. Write these two things down as I close. Two things that are ingredients for revival. Number one is that personal preparation. 
starts with my attitude as I come to church. Not on any Sunday, on any Wednesday, on any night of a Bible study, anything. Going to a discipleship, going to a, a, a breakfast, whatever you're going to, you go with an attitude, I'm going to get something out of this. God is going to speak to me. And you know what? You know what true mature Christians do? They walk into a service and they don't look. This doesn't happen in our church as much as it does in a lot of churches because we train us different. We don't, we don't, we don't lift up the man, man like a lot of people do, unfortunately. A lot of people walk into a service and if there's a lot of pastors, they say, oh, let's see who's preaching. Oh, okay, God's going to move today. So-and-so's preaching. Okay, yeah, this is going to be good. Oh, man, oh, man, okay, well. We're just getting through the motions here today. So-and-so's preaching. Amen? It ain't about who's preaching. It's the attitude you have as you listen to who's preaching. Amen? It's the spirit of expectancy that you should have. So it's personal. It starts with my personal expectation and repentance. My heart saying, Lord, I need a touch. Now, I want you to write a few things down that you can come expecting for. You might say, okay, expect. You say expect. Expect what? Here's a few things that I was praying about that we should expect next week. And not just at the rally, but every service. But I'm really focusing this on the rally. When we come to church, we come to a rally, we come to a service, we should expect a touch from God. A touch. You might say, what's a touch? Well, expect it and you'll find out. Ask for it and you'll find out. If you've never been touched by God, then you need to expect that. You need to believe for that. And then once it happens... Once it happens, you're going to say, I, I, I can't ever leave God again. It's the most real thing I've ever felt in my life. It's the most real thing I've ever seen in my life. I can't, I can't go back to who I used to be. I, I want more of the touch of God because there's no touch like God's touch. The second thing is, we should come in and say, I want new revelation. A new understanding of God's word. It doesn't mean that there has to be some, some crazy hocus pocus message priest that is way out there in the universe and we're trying to grab it. No, it's, it's every single service God wants to speak to me something new. To my spirit. So I come in and I say, Lord, I, I can't wait to hear what you're going to speak to me. You might hear, as I started this off, you might think, okay, I've heard that story before. The worst thing you can do is begin to listen to a message. Oh, I've heard that story because do you realize that in a story from the Bible, you could go 15 different directions and hear 15 different things? One of the most amazing things to me over the years, preaching the gospel, has been where I've been preaching, let's say specifically on love. Let's just say that for an example. The message is on love. Someone will come up to me after and say, man, I was so depressed and your message just totally took my depression away. And I'm thinking, how did the love, I wasn't preaching on depression. I mean, I'm just giving you an example. It could be, it could be east and west. It could be, it could be I, I remember one time at the old building, I was preaching on finances, of tithing and being a faithful tither. And someone came up and said, man, God healed me today, my physical body. And I'm thinking, I'm preaching on tithes, and this person got healed. Because that's the power of the word. Because they came expecting something to happen in their life and God's word was spoken and God's word goes a thousand different directions. And his word touches those people who want to be touched. So you come and you say, Lord, speak me, to me a new revelation. Give me a new understanding. Another thing is what I just said, a physical healing. Every service we should come, we say, Lord, touch my body. 
seems like we've always got something. It could be a headache, could be a cough, could be a sneeze, could be a... I've always got something aching in my body from playing. <laughs> my knees or my ankle, something. Lord, touch my body, amen? And sometimes, if it's not physical, sometimes it's mental. But whatever it is, touch me. You come and you say, Lord... So you start looking at these things, and man, they got a lot, I got a lot to expect from the Lord. Here's another one. I should expect direction for my life. I should come into every service... Not every once in a while, not just the rally, not just Sunday mornings. I should come to every service saying, Lord, give me direction for my life tonight. Because you know what? Tomorrow morning, you got to wake up and you got to go through your day. And this message will help you have direction. How many are following me? We should come with that spirit of expectancy of direction. And you might think, God, I'm going in and I, and I feel like I'm supposed to go a certain direction. And I pray that this word confirms that I'm going the right direction or tells me I'm going the wrong direction. And his word will confirm that. We come in with these things. We come in with the expectancy. God does that. Here's another thing. We should come in expecting to be refilled. We should always come in expecting to be refilled. You might either you might be dry. You might think, man, I can't remember the last time I really felt the touch of God. Or you might have be so full, you might think you don't need more. I always want more. Whether I'm full or I'm empty, I want more. Amen. I want to get a touch from the Lord. I want to get a touch from his hand. I want to be refilled every service. Two more. The other one is a greater understanding of his love. Every service, every message should draw me closer to the love of Jesus. I should be expecting God and my relationship to be better. How many know that if you're married and every day that you've been married, as you get older and you have more years under you, you should not love the person you're married to less. That's not the direction you're supposed to go. You're supposed to love them more. We shouldn't be loving, loving Jesus less now than we did when we first met. It shouldn't be a surprise that I've been saved for almost 24 years and I love Jesus more now than I did when I fell in love with him when I met him 24 years ago. I love him more now because I want more of his love. I want a greater understanding of his love. And the last one is, there's no particular order, but this is one really important. We should come in expecting to be challenged. A true believer, a mature Christian, comes in and says, challenge me. Challenge me. When I go to conferences as a pastor, at this rally, when, I, when I'm not preaching, I will be saying, Lord, challenge me. Challenge my faith. Y'all with me? How many know we need our faith challenged? You know, a lot of times we look at certain situations, and I'm not going to talk anymore about the, I'm going to give you the other one, personal, personal preparation. The second one is the sovereignty of God. We simply have to understand those are two ingredients for revival. We prepare, and we understand God moves how and when he wants to. But we prepare for rain. But I, but I want to close with this, this thought that we have to have the attitude and the spirit with God that says, Lord, challenge me. Challenge my faith. And a lot of times when we're doing things 
for the Lord, when you're a busy church and you're trying to do things for the Lord, it might seem like, man, we just finished this and we've got another thing. And man, we've got this thing and we've got another, we've got this missions thing, we've got another missions thing. We got, we're always doing this, we're always doing that. We should be saying, Lord, continue every day to challenge my faith because God has everything that the church needs and God has everything that you need and God has everything that our fellowship needs. He just needs people who will connect with the faith of God and the provision of God and say, Lord, challenge me to believe for more than what I have right now. Challenge my faith, amen? How many, how many will receive that tonight? To say, Lord, challenge me. If it's not that way, then, then, then you're getting your toe stepped on all the time. If you're constantly getting your toe stepped on, that's not my preaching or anything else. It's your spirit's wrong. I'm, oh, man, it's a, every, mercy, every message he's picking on me. I'm not picking on anybody. The Holy Spirit speaks, and you receive. And if you feel like you're always being picked on, then you need to change your heart and say, Lord, challenge me. Be ready for the challenge. Be ready for that and say, man, I came, I came, you know what, that hurt a little bit for a second, but I let it, I said, let Lord hit, it, hit me where I need to get hit. Amen. I said, I want to grow. I want to grow in the Lord. I don't want to stay stagnant. I don't want to stay the same person I've always been. I want to grow. Challenge me, Lord. Amen. Let's bow our heads tonight. Spirit of expectancy. We need to believe as a church for awesome things to happen in this rally. We need to believe as a church for awesome things to happen this Sunday. We need to believe as a church for awesome things to happen right now at this altar call. Every time we come together, we come with a spirit of expectation. Just like that man had. I'm not going to miss out on what the Lord has for me tonight. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. Isaiah 40 is a powerful verse. Verse 30, it says, Even the youth will faint and be weary. And the young men will utterly fall. He says, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Let me say that again. What he's saying is we're going to get tired. You're going to get tired serving God. That's human nature. It's normal. You're going to be tired. Some days you're going to be less tired than others. He says, even young people in this verse get tired, he says. He says, but there's a, there's a blessing for those who wait on the Lord. He says, if they wait on the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. God wants us, listen as your eyes are closed and heads are bowed, God wants us to rely on Him. He wants us to depend on Him. He loves that. He doesn't want us to depend on our own selves. He's all throughout the Bible telling us, lean not on your own understanding. Don't trust in your own power. Some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but I trust in the name of the Lord. God wants us to rely on His strength. That's not weakness. He says, in your weakness, I am strong. Wait on the Lord. Wait on Him in the morning. Wait on Him at night. 
Wait on them in the prayer room. Wait on them right now. Wait and listen. And say, God, challenge me tonight. Challenge my faith. Challenge my flesh. Challenge my fear. The gospel is a collision of souls. It's a collision of the flesh and the spirit. Tonight, as we come to this altar, I want you to, I want to prepare your heart and your spirit for this revival, for this rally, for this Sunday. I want you to realize I am going to get out of this what I come expecting to get.